0: That's Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay. Recorded live. Well, we started the recording button a little late. This is the 397th episode of You Can Build It. Your business. And I'm Chuck Bartok speaking to you from Northern California. The reason we were a little late pushing the button today is a good friend, an old longtime listener and caller. Gerara D. King, a uh, wonderful author, has six books published, I think a seventh on the way. He and I were talking about something that we talked about years ago on this show and on our other show, The Focus Society of Overachievers. And actually, our our conversation was kind of deep and involved in belief systems And he happened to bring up how different interpretations of the Bible and people's different belief systems uh, have possibly changed over the years, over the last hundred years or whatever. But more importantly, uh, these things are, uh, how can I put it, we have had this program, How to Build a Business, Uh, 396 prior episodes discussing how you, as an individual, can create a business, grow a business, and succeed in the business. And actually, the basic principle of that is based on three books that I read when I was 17 years old. Gerara and I were discussing them. They're always available for free downloads in pdf form uh, on my website beginners no excuse me bestbusinessmindset.com bestbusinessmindset.com uh three books uh, they're they're there on the drop down menu resources uh, the three books were the miracle of right thought which was written in the 1880s by a very prolific gentleman, a young man, actually, probably one of the first successful entrepreneurs that that, developed some notoriety, suffered some tragedies all at the same time. His name was, believe it or not, Orson Sweat, S-W-E-T-T, Marden, M-A-R-D-E-N. Again, his book is available, free. It's called The Miracle of Right Thought. Now, Orson Marden... Uh, was he got involved in publishing. Uh, he left. When he died, there were over 250,000 words in manuscript that had not been published. He was a very prolific writer. In his early 20s, he got involved in the hotel business. And as a young man in the United States of America and the Alapa- Appalachian Mountains, he ended up owning several hotels. One night. There was a tragic fire. His room, his part of the hotel, was totally destroyed, and so was so much of his work. He's like twenty-three years old. Pretty much devastated. We didn't have big fire insurance there. And there wasn't a government to bail you out because you, you know, didn't say something right or something. And he rebuilt his life. Anyway, Orson's books. He has written others. Um, the Iron Will, I have an excerpt on my website, uh, a, a narration of The Iron Will. The, the man was very prolific, Orison Swett Martin. Almost all of his books are in em, uh, public domain, so you don't have to buy them. You can find them anywhere. That's why I give them away. And uh, he actually was was has been called the father of the modern thought movement. The modern thought movement uh, kind of took a different direction. It gave people, it Im- imbued people, empowered people with strength based on a simple concept that they're born in the image and likeness of greatness. There is the faith based connection. Okay? And, and, and my next favorite author who evolved from Martin was Charles Hannell, who was another writer at the turn of the century. And his most famous book, although he does, there is the Complete Master Key, which is comprised of four books. It is available printed. You can find that out on my website. But the the Master Key is available for free at bestbusinessmindset.com. He was so clever. In 1912, he wrote a chapter. He called them weeks. It was a mail-order course. He charged a dollar, and you would send him a dollar, and he would send you a manuscript. You would read the manuscript, do the exercise, fill in the blanks, and mail it back to him with another dollar, and he would send you week two, and so on down the line for 23 weeks. Now, some people who lived far away, remember we were in the throes of building a country at that time, Obviously, you might not get one each week, so it might take you a year and a half or so to go through the master key. But, and By the way, just for those of you that aren't familiar with Charles Handel, you probably are familiar with the trashiest movie ever made called The Secret by Rhonda Byrne in Australia and her cohorts. They took the master key, bastardized it, put it in a beautiful, glitzy, heavily music a uh, uh, wooey type thing and they left out the most important part two most important parts of hanel's work and that's belief a faith base and the fact that you have to work because what they were indicating is you could manifest all of these things to fruition you build the vision board and sit there at the during the day and Look at the vision board and everything that you envision is going to come into your life. And wow, the American public, the European public bought this several years ago. They paid huge amounts of money. They have they've, they've bought the CD and, and everybody, Jack Canfield was involved. They, they made a fortune. And all they did was take Charles Hennell's 23-week course, presented it with a lot of wooey, and left out faith and work. Because Charles Hennell would never say you manifest it. He did use the word manifest, but you have to read his book to realize what his manifestation means. It's not the fact that you dream it and it's going to happen. In fact, I commented on a Facebook post today, and it's an old favorite from my father, who I learned it in a foreign language, but basically it translated in this. You can wish in one hand, crap in the other, and see which one gets filled first. Okay? So that that it, I think you can see the tie into that. But anyway, so Charles Hanel, here was the clever part. You paid him a dollar a week or a dollar for each episode. He sent back to you the next one. You did the exercise, and the whole idea was you were to... Uh, Deeply think about these and apply action to what he was talking about. At the end of the 23 weeks, he sent you a bound copy of a book. This program has been focusing on selling books. Ladies and gentlemen, who would ever have thought in the 1912 in the United States of America, you could sell a printed book for 23 bucks? In other words, everybody already paid for the book. Very clever man. He went on to be one of the first conglomeratists out of Sacramento. He bought a bunch of companies that were, uh, in tri- you know, related in some way, shape, or form, put them under one management system to increase efficiency. Now, what does is, what is, uh, 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 Charles Hanel have to do with what most people are familiar with? And that's a book that was written in 1937, uh, and that was Think and Grow Rich which actually is nothing more than a synopsis of the book that Napoleon Hill wrote prior to that called The Law of Success. Why do we have Think and Grow Rich? Because the president at that time, Mr. Roosevelt, who put the country in an interesting state of affairs in many ways, wanted Hill to be on the committee to help the United States grow out of the Depression and asked him to provide a guidebook so what Hill did is he took his huge book, 600, 700 pages, almost as thick as uh, Gerard's books, and condensed it and became Think and Grow Rich, okay? Uh, and, and, of course, today, next to the Bible, that is the second largest selling book in the world. People, you can look that up. It's a fact, okay? Now, Napoleon Hill was mentored by Hanel. In 1919, Napoleon Hill wrote a letter to Charles Hannell. This is 1919. Remember, Hill didn't write Think and Grow Rich until 1937. But Hill was an entrepreneur. And he wrote a letter to Hannell thanking him for week four, week four of the Master Key, because Napoleon Hill was convinced that his application of the exercise of week four in Hanel's The Master Key allowed him to secure a part-time contract, a part-time annual consulting contract for $109,000 in April of 1919. No vision board, no woo-woo, just a plan, just a very simple plan written down, committed to yourself by yourself. But the other thing that now Hill went a step further, Hanel mentioned it, so did Martin. One thing that Hill uh, emphasized was the mastermind alliance. And he was convinced, as I am and many other people, that if we surround ourselves with a group of people who have a, and I'm going to use a word from the book, a like mind, That doesn't mean we have to agree politically. That doesn't mean we have to agree religiously. That doesn't mean we have to agree on a lot of things, but we meet to share ideas that work that have helped us become better people. Now, unfortunately, ladies and gentlemen, this generally focuses on business. And it's interesting in my life I've been privileged to meet some very successful business people. And the most truly successful business people I've met, I mean, beyond most people's comprehension, number one, had no ego. Number two, were humble. Number three, had solid relationships. If it was a woman, it was with a man. If it was a man, it was with a woman. They understood love. In fact, chapter eleven of Napoleon Hill's book is is, a, is something that hardly anybody reads or remembers. But it's called sexual transmutation, and he was convinced that successful people, men, realize that they no longer need the huge energy that is focused sexually as we grow up and become adults. And there's a reason for it. It's for procreation and protection. But as we mature, as we've proved to our spouse, who who I don't care about proving it to the public, we can take that energy and transmute it, enhance our ability to help others in in the direction of creating a business. Now, we've been talking about printing books. So it's interesting that many of the people I have been talking to and who have joined us on this show are not 20 years old. Not that we're old, decrepit people, but we have arranged our lives. We Our lives have in some ways become simplified in the fact that we don't have to worry about strutting our stuff. We already know what we can do. We already know down in deep inside we're good people. We don't have to prove that to anybody. Our spouses know that. If we're no longer with spouse, they knew that when we were together. So here we go. Napoleon Hill, his book Think and Grow Rich. Now there's something that Gerard and I were talking about. That he wrote another book in 1938. That believe it or not, did not get published. Two thousand eleven. Nancy, you're on the call. Thank you very much. Uh, <laughs> your your uh, grand your great granddaughter's gone, I
1: guess. Uh,
0: the little girl. Oh yeah.
1: Nancy, oh, yeah.
0: I'm going to ask you a question. Uh,
1: Napoleon has to do with flax oil.
0: You no, know, no, we're going to talk about flaxseed in just a minute. Okay. Napoleon Hill wrote a book in 1938 called Outwitting the Devil. It was not published to 2011. What would you guess the reason why it was not published?
1: Probably because of the title.
0: Well, that, that's, that's interesting because of the title. Actually, it was not Outwitting
1: published. Outwitting the Devil. Outwitting
0: hmm. the Devil. It was actually published because of the content. Now, he wrote it just before. He died in 1943 or 47. I can't remember. Anyway, mm-hmm. his wife was a staunch Episcopalian. I mean, she ran the Episcopalian community, okay? Uh Very strong woman, very strong woman. And outwitting the devil, Napoleon Hill wrote in his later years, and, and, and it's kind of a confession of his earlier years, but basically the premise of the book is he's sitting across the table with, as he says, his majesty, the devil. And Napoleon Hill is interviewing the devil, to find out how the devil can gain such a foothold in society
1: i'm surprised his wife didn't burn him
0: he what, what, just, just <laughs> wrote the manuscript jarrah hold on and as one of my narrated excerpts which is available on soundcloud and i put on facebook an awful lot if anybody's interested let me know i'll send you the excerpt by the way i've narrated a good part of the book Um. Anyway, one of the questions Napoleon Hill asked the devil is, he says, Your Majesty, how do you think you're going to take over the world? And His Majesty answered Napoleon Hill very simply. He said, all I have to do, and I'm doing a very good job of it, is to take over the pulpits and to take over the education system.
1: Exactly,
0: because I can totally control society from the pulpits and the school.
1: That makes all kinds of sense. <laughs> and and
0: and and so then Napoleon Hill says, "Oh my gosh!" He says, "Well, Your Majesty, who do you fear the most? What do you think could stop this insidious direction you're taking?" And the devil says, I quake and I tremble in fear at the thinking human. Because there is no way in the world that I can conquer a person who knows how to think. This was written in 1938,
1: folks. Yeah.
0: Okay. Now. Napoleon Hill's wife would not allow him to have it published because he was somewhat damning about organized religion, not faith, understand, okay? I mean, there's a difference between faith, belief, and organized religion. So before Napoleon died, his wife had the manuscript buried. Her daughter, whose son in, her son-in-law, uh, I forget his name. I, I know it. You'll have to excuse me, guys he took over the Napoleon Hill Foundation and they would not allow it to be published because they didn't want, they felt it would demean and, and lower the esteem that Napoleon Hill had. See what I mean? This is a pretty brutal book. I, I mean, it's not nice, okay? It doesn't hold any punches. Beautiful prophecy. And... So finally everybody in the family died and the new head of the uh, Napoleon Hill Foundation, who was not related, was also looking to raise money for the foundation. So he gave it to a young lady who edited it and her name is on the edit portion of Outwitting the Devil. You can buy it. I have a link that you If you go to bestbusinessmindset.com Outwitting the Devil, you can buy it through my affiliate link and I'll make 40 cents. I don't care. You can buy Outwitting the Devil on Amazon. It's it's not one that I can give away because there is still ownership. You know, it's not like public domain because this young lady edited and published it and it's published by the napoleon hill foundation but um it's amazing that i am i have been meeting over the last six seven years when i started talking about outwitting the devil i'm surprised how many people i've met in public who have read the book It's interesting also they're people of stature, meaning they're people that get things done, okay? I mean, not that they're rich, not that they're corporate executives, but they're people who get the job done. They're people who like themselves. They're people who realize they were born in the image and likeness of greatness, which is their creator. And it's their job here on earth to better that, to become better. And they have to dedicate time, energy and relentless effort to get the job done. This all has to do with writing a book. Nancy is writing a book. Nancy is blogging. This is not easy, folks. She frets. She chews her fingernails. She becomes obsessed. Then she, you know, gets mad and everything else. She has a story to tell and a story to share. Gerara the same way. They have the power to do this. They do not have to listen to naysayers. They do not have to listen to people say, well, your book is supposed to have 463,000 words, otherwise it's not going to be acceptable, or it can't have these words in it, or you can't hurt somebody. Look what Napoleon Hill wrote in 1938, outwitting the devil. Exactly. You know what I'm trying to say. I mean, he, he wrote it, and uh, uh, obviously it wasn't uh, uh, out in public because people put the kibosh on it. But now that it's out there, people are reading really, really like it.
1: Well, it's like a prophecy, merely. It is a
0: prophecy, um, yeah, but well, it's, he, it's very well he, written. He was Even, like
1: a prophet.
0: Yeah. There's um, an, there's another part of that, Nancy, is the first part of the book talks about Napoleon Hill's personal struggles, talks about his being bankrupt, talks about he and his wife being so destitute they had to move in with relatives. And remember, this is the same guy who had a hundred nine thousand dollar contract in nineteen nineteen. It's a very open book. I, I encourage everybody to get a copy and read it.
1: Yeah, yeah. I I don't know that I've read that. I, I I'm trying to. It, there's parts of it when you're saying that kind of ring. You know, no. like well, it, was, it wasn't that. published
0: till two thousand eleven. Okay. Okay. Mm. So now. Nancy, we're going to come around. You did something today that people who are building through social media and their own talents, an audience, a tribe, they're building these people because they're sharing thoughts. Thoughts are things. And Nancy is not afraid to share Piccadillo. Uh, no,
1: she's not.
0: <laughs> and Nancy has been having a Fitbit time, two blog posts in the Widow's blog. And this morning, I couldn't believe it, she talked about flaxseed. So then that has got me going through the research of flax oil and flaxseed. Now I feel like I'm an expert. But do you want to share your experiences today?
1: <laughs> oh, sure. Thank you for asking, Chuck. Yeah. Um I'm just gonna put it this way and y'all gonna to have to trust me on this. Mm-hmm. If you get I cannot eat seeds. Okay. But I usually get the ground flaxseed and I put it in cereal and stuff because it helps with the diabetes. There's some uh things that it really helps with mm-hmm. with diabetes. Mm-hmm. And cinnamon and stuff. Well, I go into the store. And they have the regular seeds, which means I I need a grinder, which I don't have, to grind them. I tried it in a blender. It just doesn't work. Anyway, so I looked, and they had flax oil. And I thought, wow, that's a secret right there. I just put a little bit. You know, it says put a little bit. Well, it doesn't say how much of a little bit. And if you think about those little seeds, how small they are, Mm -hmm. it takes a whole lot of ground-up flax seeds to make that oil, a drop of that oil. Well, I decided, well, this would be great in the morning with my coffee. I will just put a half a teaspoon into my coffee. A half a teaspoon. Yeah, yeah. and I drank it, and it's nasty. I mean, you know, you have this taste in your mouth. Right. Well, that isn't its only effect, Um <laughs> uh, Let's just put it this way. Do not light a lighter near someone who has done that. <laughs> anyway, so, uh, and I'm thinking, this is funny. This is funny. I'm I, and I told stuck, I'm not going to blog this. I knew better when I told him that. I was going to blog this because it's funny. Well, why
0: don't you blog it?
1: And, well, I kind of uh, spilt it all over the uh, uh, Facebook today. I'm just warning people, you know, it just takes a little dabble, do you? You don't need a half a teaspoonful.
0: Half a teaspoon that's like taking a whole quart.
1: you know, it is a great weight loss
0: yeah. remedy. Mm-hmm.
1: I'm sure three pounds in one day is pretty good. They <laughs> on that. Anyway, so it, it's, you know, but those type things, and, and it. Going back to the Fitbit, I had a guy that actually came on there. I decided to go with a different audience Mm -hmm. on that particular thing, so I put comedians. uh, Mm -hmm. There's some people got some material they owe me for. You know, anyway, uh, and I put humorists and different things on there. Well, some people did not like it, which that's fine. I didn't care. Anyway, but then one guy says, you know you can go on to your – uh, phone and change that setting so it doesn't buzz you, right? Well, uh-huh. yeah, I knew that, but that wasn't funny. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's more fun to have the thing buzz you to right. go that says go, go, go when you're right near the cookies in the grocery store. Mm. I don't need that thing to tell me that. I want to look at the cookies. You mm. know, anyway, so humor to me is in everything and when I start laughing till I'm crying, thinking about posting something, I know that it's going to work. <laughs> yeah. Well, I,
0: I, I want to make a sidebar on the... I, I know you haven't done it yet, and you have mentioned it on Facebook, but here's a. this falls into the theme of this show that we've been working on for a few weeks. Remember that anything we do on Facebook, folks, kind of goes away quickly. <laughs> Not the wall, you know, I mean, it right. just... It's just but when you post it on your website as a blog post or as a chapter of your book, it is there evergreen forever.
1: Right, yeah.
0: And, and when it's done correctly and the keywords are used properly, uh, you are going to eventually have a larger audience on that topic and subject. Now, one of the beautiful things that you can do because you have the talent, you can literally... Tell this story with a great amount of humor. You can bring in some resource actually take quotes from medical journals, which I did the, you know I did some research yeah. and found all kinds of good stuff about it. And there were people that warned in these articles just what happened to you, OK? Uh-huh. But here's the other thing: You could have a picture of a bottle of the oil or a bottle of the flaxseed from Amazon, because you're an Amazon affiliate. Uh-huh. And you put that in your blog post or in the sidebar as an example of, and if they click on it and buy it, you're going to get big deal four percent. I mean, if it's a ten dollar item, you're going to make forty cents. Right. But but that's not. I mean, it's not there for them. It's it, it's the way that everything can tie together. <laughs>
1: Well, the the neatest thing on this little bottle of oil, it's not a small bottle. I mean, it's talking about using it like <laughs> a salad dressing. And I thought, are no, you no. kidding me? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyhow, but, uh, you know, these type things, yeah, I, I'll blog it. I know I will because it's I, – I can't quit talking about the Fitbit. I yeah, mean, I, I need to go and just add stuff to that blog. But uh, – and I know people think that I'm probably uh, – pretty ignorant about these things. I'm not. I no. just see the humor in what if someone didn't know how to go and fix that thing or something, you know, it it's funny because right. the thing you know, I took it off and didn't wear it while I was cleaning the house yesterday and it is sent it sent me messages for yeah. 30 minutes. To wanted get to know where you were. wanted
0: to find you. Yeah. you, you know, I, I'd like to make a comment on that one thing that you said. You know, people might think you're ignorant or something. Okay? <laughs> I don't
1: care, though. Okay. Well,
0: well, this this is the point. This is the point. If we're going to be ourselves and we're going to be an author and if we're going to sell books, I want to know the person that wrote the book. And that's what the advantage is with your widow's blog and the chapters of the book you're writing. People become attached. People become a member of your tribe. People, and th- there's no such thing as, I mean, your, your market, I'm, I'm going to share this with you right now, a pseudo-intellectual, okay, who thinks they know it all, will never be a fan of your writing. No, no. <laughs> no, because they wouldn't understand it. They don't have the God-given gift to understand the reality of the great love your husband expressed. Because right. because they don't know what that is. Right. So, we don't care if people think, "Quote, I'm ignorant or, you know, I'm a, I'm a country bumpkin." I don't care. Because that's not who is going to end up being in my tribe anyway.
1: Right. And and I think too with uh, with anything real that you're writing,
0: mm-hmm. you've got
1: to do it in your way. And yeah. and I I choose humor. There's some that's non-humor. Right. Oh yeah. But uh, I choose a lot of humor because that's who I am. Uh, but I, in the blogs, I can just some blogs are serious. I've yeah. written some serious ones. Yes, you have. And, was, and there's more uh,
0: serious ones coming.
1: Right because I I do have uh ideas about what I believe in and what I think and mm-hmm. and uh it it kind of uh, amazes me you know that anyone would read that but yeah. uh, <laughs> but that's my humor part apart. but you know it it's living life and and being at a certain age where you really realize that uh you know I've been a I'm a bomb back all my life. Mm-hmm.
0: mm-hmm.
1: I mean that that has been. Uh, yeah, but you realize they, right
0: now, Nancy, there's a whole bunch of people that don't know who Irma Bombeck is.
1: Right, right, <laughs> and 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 they, uh, you know, it's just kind of a uh, uh, Carol Burnett, they call yeah. me in at, at, oh, yeah. school because right. I I like that kind of humor, and uh, I think if you can't make fun at yourself. Yeah. Uh, I, I laugh with other people at, at what I do, you know, mm-hmm. and, and that's, that's, you know, that's kind of, uh, I don't have a problem with that. I'm sure enough of who I am that it doesn't bother me to laugh at myself right. and at the weird things I do sometimes and, and, and make mistakes and, you know, fall down the steps or something and get up and act like, I hope nobody saw that, you know, but you have to know who you are if you're going to write. I really believe that. And and you have to come to a, a point where, you know, it's it's just like people think, you know, they say, come on, get that book out there. Get that book out there. I'm ready to buy this book. And, but they don't understand that every time I go through this book, it's fully written. Yeah. I'm just going through and actually editing, like the young man said. I've right. really edited out a lot. Uh, but... There also are emotions that go yep. into that, where you actually get into that uh, uh, days and weeks on end. That's all you're into is the past, mm. and you're reliving that. And in my case, I lost that person, so then you actually uh, you you know you have a meltdown every once That's in a right. while. And I did That's it when right. I wrote it the first time, and I do it now. So if I know that I have to do something, and the blogs are are good for me because then I can go and just. I'm going to think about something else for a while and and do that, you know, or get outside and bleach the back of the house, you know, whatever. But uh, uh, you have to um, take that something when you're writing a memoir. I would think it'd be a little bit different than if I was writing um, something that was fiction.
0: Right. I'm Uh, I'm going to give an example of what you're talking about, And, and I think everybody who is writing nonfiction you know, writing memoirs or or sharing with the world their life, okay? Uh, Most of you know that my good friend Jim Strauss has a success with some of his books. He's built a tribe of tens of thousands of people. And on his website, it's very open, subject to comment, but also people can send emails. I receive because I get the emails because I'm, you know, it's not Jim gets them too, but I get them. And, and uh, a gentleman asked when the third book was going to be completed, and I sent him an email saying that uh, the author is, is the last six or seven days of his Vietnam experience are are things that ninety nine percent of the people would want to forget about, and he has repressed them quite deeply in his mind and now bringing them out into the even though the manuscript is written, bringing them back is an emotional thing and it just doesn't flow smoothly Okay, I get this email back quit telling me how difficult writing the last book is (laughs) and get the damn thing done if I would have known it was going to be a problem I wouldn't have bought the first two books
1: Oh goodness!
0: suck it up and get it done and press on
1: mm. I'm
0: retired military and tired of marketing the marketing b s
1: and that that right there what he doesn't understand is that he has been reading that free Yeah. That's a good, you know even, no, he, he, no, no, believe it
0: or not, believe it or not he bought two books yeah okay but 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 here's here's what this isn't jim i I don't mind writing back. I just said to him, sorry that you're tired of it. Maybe it's time for you to move on. No one is forcing you to hang around. The book will be finished when it is finished. Thanks for your support up to now.
1: And sometimes you have to do that, Chuck.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, I see, that's not the only guy. I've seen some other comments, and and I was kidding around with uh, uh, Jim on one of the, the Island of the Sand, and I said, oh, please don't let that conveyor crash, you know, and he came back and he says, "Uh, what I like about you is you don't put any pressure. No, no one needs to pressure anyone when they're writing that kind of thing, and the thing is, is is God's not putting pressure on him. He's helping, and Jim is... Put enough pressure on himself. Yeah, I think anyone who writes. Well, you know, this was never. You know,
0: if I hadn't asked for that first chapter to fill a blog post, this would have never happened. Guys, I have to leave. Tonight is my night to call Bingo at the clubhouse. Uh oh. Shirley just reminded me it's not too far away. Gerara, I'm glad you joined us, and I hope that uh, our discussion prior to, to uh, uh, recording was, was helpful in some ways, and I really had a fun time talking about the three books that have helped me design my lifestyle uh, 15 You know
1: years. what? I'm, I'm this week and next week, I'm going to go over all those books because uh, they have the free audio versions on YouTube. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: And Nancy, uh, I, Nancy. by the way, everybody, uh, Nancy Lou Henderson, that's L-O-U, nancylouhenderson.com. If you truly want to get an insight, a slice of real life, go to her website, look at her posts on the widow's blog, and also love letters from the heart. These are letters from her husband. This couple got married at age 18. Very quickly after they were married, they were separated because of army, Vietnam, etc. And when this book is completed, I think it's going to be more than one book because it's quite lengthy. Uh, 140 letters, handwritten letters that she's sharing with you. Um, Stop by and get a taste of NancyLouHenderson.com and her wonderful humor. I want to thank Gerara and Nancy for being with us today. Uh, This is Chuck Bartok speaking to you from Northern California. We'll be back next week, Lord willing, and the creek don't rise. uh, 398th episode coming next week. Thank you guys very much.